Paul said, examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith, prove your own selves, know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. But I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. Excuse me, and I know last week we talked quite a bit about examining ourselves. Now, I'm not going to go back and revisit that, but Paul is basically, that's what he's telling the, the church and, and believers and non-believers, those that, this group that he's addressing, and he's telling them to look at your own selves personally. I mean, that's, that's really what he's saying is forget about, forget about everybody else and just look at yourselves personally and be honest with yourself. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. Be honest with yourself. And whether you're saved or not saved, um, and whatever, whatever the result of that examination is, here's what he's telling us in verse 6, is irregardless of what conclusion you come to, whether you're lost, whether you're saved, whether you like me, whether you dislike me, it doesn't really matter, whether you know where you are or you don't know where you are, whatever conclusion you come to, the bottom line is, his, 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 his request is that you see that what I'm telling you is the truth, that I've brought to you the truth. And that's really what he's trying to get the point across in verse 6, is that a trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates, that he's there, he truly is the true, he, he is called by God, he was called by God, and he was there to, to give him the gospel. And that's really what it comes down to is, you know, everybody, just like today, everybody's got to make a decision. They've got to examine themselves and they got to determine whether they believe or they don't believe. For whatever reason, it doesn't matter. But And I'm going to get ahead of myself here a little bit, but it doesn't change the fact that those that are called by God, that are preaching God's word, they're doing what God's told them, told them to do, and they're bringing the truth. It doesn't change. And that's what Paul's basically saying. Irregardless of what you see, even if you don't want to agree with me, please see that I am, that I'm doing God's work. That's, that's basically what he's trying to say. So... Um, and he says, I trust that you'll find me not to be false. That's really what's, you know, and I, and I think it's interesting that he's concerned about them, but he wanted them to see and wanted them to know that what he was telling them was the truth. I mean, that was really all that, that was the driver in his whole life was for people to see that he wasn't just there to, for his own purpose, for his own benefit. He was there to give them the gospel, to give them the word of God that they could see their lives changed and that they could see their eternity changed more than that but right right that's right that's right but he wanted to be sure he wanted them of all things to see that he was telling them the truth I mean that's what he wanted that's what he was asking them so he goes on he comes on down here in verses I'm going to read verses uh let's see seven 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 and eight sorry it says now I pray to God that you do no evil not that you should appear approved but that ye should do that which is honest though we be as reprobates for we can do nothing against the truth but for the truth and I thought you know verse 7 he says you know he says Paul's you know Paul's desire and I've said this many times but right here his desire was for them to get it right I mean that's the that's the plain and simple for them to get it right I mean that's all that's basically what he's saying is if you don't if you don't get anything else irregardless of what you think of me you know, I'm hoping and praying that you realize that God is who he says he is. I mean, and is that not what our purpose as a church today ought to be? And, and as individuals trying to live, is like if you don't believe anything else I say, whether you like how I live or what I live, and you, we should be a, a good example to folks, but 
people should see that Christ is real. And that's really what it comes down to. And that's, all, that's what Paul's trying to get across to, to these folks. He was trying to tell them and he's trying to tell us. Um, but he says, regardless of what they thought of him or his ministry, he wanted them to get a hold of the gospel. I mean, he wanted them to get a hold of God's word, irregardless of what they thought about him. Um, and, and, and to get a hold of the gospel, to get a hold of the truth, and to live right. Because there was a bunch of them as we've talked about over the last several weeks, there was a bunch of them that were not living right. I mean, even if they were professing to be, they weren't living right. And that was, that's, again, that's his whole concern. And he goes on in verse 8, and, and I like this because I thought how this, this verse right here, and I, kind of, I didn't really notice this until this morning. I was kind of going back over my notes. But I looked here, and I didn't check a couple of my other Bibles. Maybe there are some cross-references. But in this Bible particularly, this verse 8, there's no cross-reference. So that tells me there's no other similar type statement in, in, the, in the Bible, if that makes sense. There's no footnote to this Bible, or to this Bible, to this verse in my Bible. And I just kind of thought about that, and I thought, well, you know what? When you read that, it's pretty much crystal clear, black and white. There doesn't need to be any kind of other reference or any kind of footnote to explain what it's saying. I mean, you think about that, because he says... For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. Now, I know Paul was saying, I'm preaching the gospel. I'm bringing you the word. I can't do anything but that because the power of God's on me. But I thought how true it is, even people that are trying to do wrong and don't believe, it still doesn't change the truth. It doesn't not change the truth, you know? I mean, it doesn't change it. And, and that verse, I just thought, you know, is, is, a, is a verse that whether we like what's going on around us, whether we agree with what's going on around us, whether it's the world, whether it's within our families, whether it's within our culture, it doesn't make any difference. Verse 8 doesn't change the truth. doesn't change the truth. The truth is still right here in this book. And if people are not lined up with it, they're wrong because this book's always right. So, and we just got to make sure that we're lined up with it. So, I mean, that's the key. We got to be lined up with it. But Paul says, I can do nothing but give you the truth that's been given to me. And man, I thought, you know, how much better of a life I need to live to do a better job of sharing the truth that's been given to me. And because that's what Paul, I mean, his, we know what, what, there's only, there was only one Paul, okay, but there's only one of us. We're all, we've all got a special calling on our life, and, I, and that's, that's the bottom line. You know, we talk about, I think so much about trying to be a witness, trying to live right, and it's all about just trying to share the truth that God's given to each one of us individually and just try to share that truth with the people that we come into contact with, whether it's our family, our friend, whoever it is, people we don't know, whoever it is. That's really what it comes down to. And... Um, I like what J. Vernon McGee said. I mean, he, he is, I, I like him. I, I read after him some, and, and, and he's just, I mean, man, he's just, he just lays it out. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He just tells you like it is. And, uh, but I liked what he said here because you, you think about this. He said, you know, we're, we are to declare the truth to give it out. He said, sometimes you got to defend it. But he said, we need to focus less on defending it and more on just giving it out. You know, and I thought, you know, boy, today, that's, a, that's pretty good advice today, isn't it? Quit worrying about what everybody else is, whatever, not debate with people or whatever, just give them the truth. If they don't take it, 
I mean, that, that's for them and between them and the Lord to deal with. But we just need to give them the truth. So, but. so he says in verse 9 and 10, he says, For we are glad when we are weak and you are strong, and this also we wish, even your perfection. Therefore I write these things, being absent, lest being present I should use sharpness according to the power which the Lord hath given me to edification and not to destruction. And, and again, you know, Paul here, he's urging the church and those, and those that are living either out of fellowship. I mean, I don't know what their condition was. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind, and this is just my personal thought, there was folks that were intermixed in the group within the church that were not saved. I mean, there, there had to be. I mean, because they were pushing things that were just totally against God's word. But whether they were out of fellowship or whether they were never saved, he's urging them to repent and to live according to God's word. I mean, that's what he's trying to get the point across here. And he's not writing. His purpose is not to tear them down. He's writing to them to try to build them up, to try to help them understand that what they're doing is wrong and that there's a better way to live. And, uh, you know, he, he says, he, he uses the word perfection and somewhere in here, I think. If I'm not in the wrong, my mind, wrong spot here. Let's see. Hmm? Oh, yeah, even your perfection. You know, and when he says perfection, that doesn't mean without sin. Okay, that's not what that means. What, what that means is perfection means continued growth. It means maturity in the word of God. I mean, that's what he, he's, he's wanting us to, he's wanting them and he wants us today to continue to grow, to mature. Um, and none of us in the flesh, I don't have to tell you all this, you already know this, will ever reach perfection. But when we get to heaven one of these days, we will be complete, will we not? I mean, that's where, we'll, that's where perfection will happen, but not here. But in the meantime, we just got to keep pushing forward. We got to keep going, stepping, walking forward. I mean, so Paul's telling them that they're, that they're not growing spiritually is what they should. And, and I thought about, if you go back to, to 1 Corinthians, I think it's in the very, let's see, chapter 3. Let me find here. Let me find it. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I think it's verse 1. Give me a minute. I've got to get in the right book. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. He says, And, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. And then he says in verse 3, for ye are yet carnal. I mean, and we, I remember we talked about this probably weeks ago, months ago, whatever, but he's saying you're carnal, that means that's not a compliment. <laughs> that's not a compliment, okay? I mean, that's, that's saying you're not, you're not growing. You're basically, you're just stuck in the mud like a stick, and you're not growing, and, and he wants us to grow. I mean, that's what he wants out of us. And he wants us to continue to grow. I mean, he, he, tell, he told the Corinthians that, and I think it's interesting in 1 Thessalonians, let me flip back here for a minute. He says, find my spot. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10 he says, he says, Paul says, night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. You know what I mean? Again, he's, 
he's praying, and his whole purpose was to see them grow. I mean, his purpose was he wanted to see folks saved, but then he also wanted to see them, he wanted to see them grow. He wanted to see them grow in the Lord. And to keep growing in the Word and, and to mature. You know, I think that, <laughs> that word, I wonder sometimes if we couldn't, if that word wouldn't do well for folks to kind of study on and just try to live a little better by, including myself sometimes. You know, we all struggle there, I think. But in the broader sense, it's to grow in the Word, mature, to grow in it. And that's what Paul's saying. And I like what he said, too, in Romans chapter 1, verse 11. He says, he says, for I long to see you, and listen to what he says here. I kind of missed, probably shouldn't say this, but I kind of, kind of missed this when Pastor Tom went through it a few, several weeks back, and he probably shared it, and I just missed it. He says, for I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. I mean, he's telling them right there that, you know, I'm, I, I just want to come and I just want to share with you basically the word of God so that it'll, it'll be a help to you. That's what he's saying. He just he wants to be a help to him. You know, I, I thought how good of a man Paul was that in and of himself, he could have had the best desire in the world to want to help people. But he couldn't help them without the fact that he was himself had been called by God, saved, and called to preach God's word. I mean, that's why he, was, he had such a burden to help people. I mean, without a doubt. And... Um, I mean, what a, what a man, what a, like I said, we can't do it in ourselves. I mean, there's nothing in us unless we're saved, and then, and then unless we let that spirit move, that's what's going to, going to give us that desire to have a burden for folks, to, to want to witness to people, to want to try to do something to spread God's word to help them understand that, that they need the Lord in their life. You know, it's not, it's not always easy, but uh, it's always the right thing to do. I mean, however we can share something with them. No matter how little or what amount, it's always the right thing to do. But, you know, he, he went on, he said there in verse 11 in Romans, he said, to the end that you might be established. And I thought about how that he just wanted them to get grounded. He wanted them to get grounded in the Word and, and, and live that way. And, uh, you know, Paul had, we talk so much about Paul and all that, you know, everything that he's done and, but when it comes right down to it, it was all about him wanting to just do what God had called him to do. You know, I mean, he was just being obedient to the calling that God had put on his life. And I thought that's all he's asking out of us, is just for us to be obedient to the calling that he's put on our lives. And God will take care of everything else. Is that not, I mean, I don't know about you all, but I mean, I, I just have to think about that sometimes and think, you know, God, he'll take care of everything else. If I can just be obedient and do what it is he's calling me to do, and he'll take care of everything else. And uh, that's right. That's right. All of us. <laughs> All of us. I mean, it's good. To, it's good for somebody to pat us on our back. And, you know, if we're really doing if we are really doing a good job, but if we're not, and they're just telling us, I mean, that really doesn't, doesn't do much, does it? I mean, I don't know. might feel good for a little bit, but it doesn't do us much good, really. But, you know, I, I, I said this last week, and, and when I read these verses, I just have to say it again. I mean, I believe that we're blessed people here at Rock Selena. I, I mean, I'm just being honest. And it's not because of who we are, but it's because of who he is and who we're serving, you know? And, and I thought we're, we're blessed 
And, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little lift up Pastor Tom. I mean, you know what? We have a pastor that not only does he preach the word, but he lives the word. You know, and I'm thankful for that. You know, and, 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 and there's others, okay? I mean, I look around the congregation. You know, we don't preach, but we're trying our best to live for him and to be a witness for him. And that's, and that's, what, makes, that's what makes the church what it is. I mean, that's what makes the church what it is. And, you know, I'm thankful that he, he preaches to us, he, he instills in us the purpose of the church. You know, I mean, I'll be honest with you. When I was a young Christian, I didn't, I didn't understand all that stuff. I mean, I knew I was saved and I was better off. I knew that much, but my, my knowledge wasn't much broader than that. And y'all may look at me now and say, well, it ain't grown much either. But anyway, that's, you know, it, it is what it is. So, but... So the, the purpose of the church to spread the gospel, to see people saved, to grow people in the word, I mean, I'm glad that that's an emphasis here. I mean, because that's, the, that's what God says we're supposed to be doing. And I'm thankful that we've got pastors that want to see that and, and are guiding us and preaching that to us and teaching us that. And um, so, I mean, that's important. <laughs> I just have to stop and say that's important. I mean... Right, that's right. And that's what Paul was trying to get across to the folks at Corinth. He, he wasn't trying to, to be critical of them, although they were, he was giving them some critical review, but it wasn't to tear them down. It was to try to build them up and to edify. And that's why we, that's why we have Bible study. That's why we come to church. I mean, it's to, it's to, to be lifted up, to be brought together and to help each other. So, I don't know. I'm sorry, Tom, are you done? <laughs> sorry. So, I mean, I just thought it's, we shouldn't take it for granted. I'll just put it that way. I mean, because it's not, it's not how it is. I mean, those, those of us that have been along the way in different places as we've, as we've gone this journey, I mean, we're blessed. I've said it before, and I, and, and I know I just said it, but I'll say it again. We're blessed to be here, you know, blessed to be part of God's family, to be called by him to be part of his family. I mean, it's, it's truly a blessing. But So, verse 11, Paul says, Finally, brethren, farewell. He says, Be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. And, you know, he, he, to me, he kind of sums everything up right here in this one verse. He kind of summarizes the whole, everything that he's been trying to get across to the church these last several chapters. I feel like he, he just kind of brings it all together right here in one verse and kind of summarizes everything together. And he's given final instruction to me to the church. And when he says farewell, you know, I mean, I kind of immediately thought, well, you know, he's telling them goodbye. But really he was saying, you know, all the stuff I've told you, let me just say I'm wishing you happiness. And that's, and that's really what he was saying when he said that. He, he was wishing them the best, basically, and, you know, he says, the first thing he says to be perfect. And again, he says, repent. He says to grow so the church could, could rejoice and grow. You think about that. The church, if there's problems within the church, the church can't flourish. The church can't grow. And Pastor Tom, you can, you can correct me here if I'm wrong, but, but uh, individuals, I believe, in the church have got to grow in order for the church to grow. I mean, the church doesn't just grow, okay? And, and I'm not talking about numbers. I'm talking about 
people growing in, in their relationship with the Lord. That's what, that's what Paul was wishing for him when he said for you to be perfect. Again, it's, it's growth. It's, it's spiritual growth. And um, I heard, uh, been a few weeks ago, I heard, I heard uh, listen to, maybe I told you all this, I can't remember, so just bear with me if I did, but I was going up the road, I had a, drive, a little drive to take, going somewhere, and I thought, well, I'm just going to listen to one of Scott Pauley's podcasts. And it was one of those weekend ones, and man, he preached for, man, he was on a roll. I, he, he, I think I, my drive was an hour, and he was still going strong after I got there, so he was, he was on a roll. But he was preaching on the full church. And I tell you, if you get a chance, listen to it, because it's, it's good. And, he was, and, he very, and the very thing he was talking about, he talked about a lot of things, and I can't, you know, I, I, don't, I didn't take notes. But he's talking about it doesn't matter about the numbers, it ain't about the numbers. It's about the people and the people in the church. He said, how do you judge a good church? How do you, how do you give a church a grade? He said, you know, he said, kind of bear with me. And he said, it's based upon basically the fruit of the individuals in the church. You know, I mean, that's what it comes down to. And we're blessed here. I'm telling you, I've said it before, i said it again. But we're, we're blessed here. And it's all about individually is what makes a church. It's always been that way. It's always been that way. But that's right. I mean, we can come and take up space every Sunday and Wednesday, right? We can fill a seat, but, you know, I know looking around, God's got more than that for a lot of us, right? For all of us. And he's just, it's, it's, it's a blessing to be part of his family. So, but anyway, he says to be perfect. And then he goes on and he says, be of good comfort. Um. And I thought how he, you know, he basically be encouraged in the word. Take comfort in the fact that we're saved and we've got the Lord to help us. And um, Hebrews chapter 13, flip back here. I think it's verse 5 and 6 I want. Yeah, Hebrews 13. Verses 5 and 6 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. And I thought about how, you know, what Paul's telling them is basically be a good comfort. He's telling them, look, I'm, I'm not with you, but somebody is. If you're saved, somebody's with you. Somebody's in the midst of the church. There's, there, you've got help. You've got a source that's always there. You just got to rely on that source, you know, and that's my problem. I'll just be honest with you. There's times I don't rely on the help, but that's what we need. We all got to do is rely on him to help us, rely on him when we need help, which, to be honest, every day I need help. I need help every day. I need his help every day to, to live the way that he wants me to live. I need his help every day. But, so, but you know, he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's what, he, that's what he tells us in that verse. And he goes on and says, we may boldly say the Lord is my helper. And I thought, you know what? Where's my, where's my focus? What's wrong with my, my focus that I can't keep that front and center when the problems come along? You know, I mean, that's, I mean, I'm just being quite honest with y'all this morning. I mean, you know, what, where's my problem? And because back in, all the way back in Deuteronomy, chapter 31, 
Moses was telling the nation of Israel, and you say, well, this is Old Testament. Just hang on, I'll get to the New Testament here in a sec, Lord willing. But Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, he says, Be strong and of a good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee, he will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And you say, well, that's, that was the nation of Israel. Do we not have enemies every day that we deal with? I mean, I don't know about you all, we've got one major enemy that we deal with every day. I mean, do we not need his help to guide us, to strengthen us, to help us? He goes on in verse 8, and he says a lot of the, the same words he said in verse 6. He says, in the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, nor, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. So, you know, Paul is telling him, he's trying to tell him to, to we've got to strengthen ourselves in the word of God if we're going to move forward. I mean, Moses told the nation of Israel, it's the Lord that's going to be with you and to guide you and provide for you and to help you. You know, I think so much that, that those last three little words I underlined when I wrote them down, to help you, to help me, to help us. I mean, he wants to help us. And whether we admit it or not, we need him to help us. We need him to help us every day. We need his guidance. We need his direction. We need his forgiveness. That's right. That's, that's, you said it much better than me. <laughs> Thank you. But it's, I mean, it, it, and I think, I don't know, maybe, well, I'll just move on. I, I, I don't know. Uh, it was tw- um, 11, let's see, 11 1? Let me see. I'm sorry, 1 11. <laughs> Got it backwards. Romans chapter 1, verse 11. Um, so, he says he wants to, you know, he says to help you, to help us. And when Paul says, if you flip back a few, let's see, chapter 13 and 11 again, which is what I just read. He says, be a good comfort. You know, he's saying, remember always that the Lord's present with you to help you. And I probably just said that. But um, in chapter 1 of 2 Corinthians, verse 3, find it here chapter 1 verse 3 he says blessed be God even the father of our Lord Jesus Christ the father of mercies and what's that last part and the God of all comfort that comfort means help that's what it means comfort I mean that's what that's what Paul's telling us there and he's saying be a good comfort Um, and in verse 3 Christ is the provider and the source of all help you know, I mean, all help that we have as a believer, it comes from him. It doesn't come from us. You know, I mean, I, there is no help. I hate to tell you, but within ourselves, we can't help ourselves. Okay, because we're, we're flesh. That's what ourself is, and we can't help ourselves to do good. We've got to rely on the Lord. And the good thing is, he's present to come alongside of us, to help us, to strengthen us, and to encourage us. Man, I can just read those words and I feel better. I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, that's, 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 that's his purpose, that's his desire. But you know what? He's not going to just reach down and exert his power on us unless we ask him, unless we're looking to him, unless we're wanting him to help us. And, but he wants to do that for us. And no matter who you are or where you are, or how you are, God wants to help us. 
Isn't that, I mean, isn't that a good, I mean, isn't that strengthening to know? I don't know about you all, but I mean, that's a help to me. It doesn't matter what, doesn't matter who we are, what we are, where we are. It doesn't matter. I mean, he's got it covered. He wants to help us. And like I said, true comfort, it's only found in Christ. There is no other, I mean, there, and, and true help is only found in Christ. And uh, it can't, like I said, it cannot be found in ourselves ever. And we're never going to find it within ourselves without him. That's it. That's it. Because I think, I mean, Tom, to your point, I mean, it's, it's again, it's the self that tells me, well, you've been, do, you know, you, you've been saved for 20-some years. You can, you, you're, you're growing, you're, you're doing okay. That's, that's the self talking. That's not him. I mean, because to me, it's the more that I'm with him, the more he shows me how pitiful and what a sad piece of flesh I am. That's it. Yep, I know. The fact that I just got to keep, I think so many times we got to remind ourselves that his desire, he has one desire. After we're saved, he has one desire. And that's to help us, to grow us, to encourage. I mean, there's no negatives with him. And I, you know, there's no negatives with the Lord. It's all positive. And they need to see that lived out in our lives too, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, Lord willing, next week.